Dear Founder, as you know, there's no blueprint for entrepreneurship. You wear so many hats, you burn the midnight oil, you pour your heart and soul into everything that you do. But without a doubt, the journey is worth every single second that you put into it. I'm Lindsay Pinchuk, host of the Dear Founder podcast. I say this because I've lived it for over a decade. I started my first company with $500 in my pocket and a baby in my belly. I grew it and I sold it all. This podcast is my weekly letter to you. We'll talk all things starting, growing, nurturing, and in some cases, even selling a business. Together with some of my closest contacts, I'm here to help you find your own success, whatever that means to you. The ride as a founder is the ride of your life. So come on in and join me for another episode that will get you one step closer to reaching your own founder goals. Okay, so before I get into today's episode, I want to let you know about something. A lot of you have been DMing me and sending me messages asking me when I'm going to be bringing back another small business workshop. Well, good news. On April 25th, I'm going to be kicking off a free masterclass, Social Media for Small Business. And if you're looking to up your social media game when it comes to your business, you are absolutely going to want to join me. We're going to talk about everything from what to post, where, when, how, and my favorite topic, how to do it efficiently and how to make sure that your process works for you. That way you can focus your time on growing your business. So you're going to absolutely walk away with actionable steps that you can take that day. And these steps are going to totally change the social media footprint for your business forever. It's free, so there's really no excuse not to join. So click the link in the show notes for more information and make sure to sign up. But don't wait because the doors close soon. So today's episode is a little bit of a different format, which is why it's a bonus. I've been toying with the idea of launching a series of solo episodes called Found Her Files for a while now. I feel like I have a lot of knowledge, a lot of tips, a lot of lessons that I share on social media, that I share in my workshops and my classes, and I want to be able to start sharing them here too. So today I shared some really useful information about how to creatively find help And I thought it would be a great conversation to share here too. I'd love your feedback. Um, I want to know, is this the type of information and the type of episodes that you would like to see more often from me? Um, I'm happy to add this format to the Dear Founder lineup, but DM me or email me. Let me know what you think. I, again, really want to know. Feedback is only going to make me stronger. And if you don't like it, I want to know that too. So for now, you know, I have to say that a lot of you guys here and in the Facebook group and in my workshops and just in my general, hi guys, in my general conversations, talk about the notion of having to do everything. And of course, as a founder, as an entrepreneur, like that is part of the program, right? I mean, that is like, you are wearing so many different hats. You are, you know, being pulled in a million different directions and Oftentimes that can be really overwhelming and um, you don't really know where to get the help and you think that you can't get the help because maybe you don't have the budget or whatever it is. And, you know, this was something that I went through um, early on with Bump Club. This was something that, um, you know, even right now, as I start my new marketing consultancy, I'm trying to figure out where I can outsource and how I can get help and what is the most effective way to do that. But um, getting help does not have to cost a fortune at all. Um, and I think that there are many ways that you can do so 
without breaking the bank and um, just kind of being scrappy. And, and that's really, you know, that's really what, what I did. And that's how I've built kind of both of my companies. And I do want to share, well, actually, when I get to number two, I'll share, I have my, my post up here and I want to kind of go through the six different ways that I would recommend looking for help and trying to find help and how to do it. And I want to expand upon those. So I'm happy to take questions. You're absolutely can put them in the comments. Um, so a couple of different things that I would say, and I think when you look for help and hire someone or outsource something, there are different levels, right? I mean, you're going to see, I'm going to talk about finding a co-founder and I'm also going to talk about finding an intern. Obviously those people are two totally different, um, you know, backgrounds, they have different skill sets and, you know, they're not necessarily the same person at all, but there are a lot of different levels to where you can help alleviate the pressure from yourself. And I think that is, uh, that's a really big thing to recognize. The other big thing I think to recognize when you're looking for help is that you, you want to find people who complement your skill set. And this is something that has come up on so many episodes of Dear Founder. In fact, this week we're talking, we talked to Jenny Patinkin yesterday and Adrian Cheatham tomorrow, and both of them also discussed how finding the right team and surrounding yourself with people who have skills that you don't have is so important. And I could not emphasize that more. So let's talk about kind of all of these different ideas. So the first one is a big one. And it's a big one because it was something that I considered and contemplated. And five years into Bump Club, looking back, I had wished that I had done this. And so in, in hindsight, I couldn't do it at that point. I was too far in. But when you are starting a company, depending on what it is, consider a co-founder. And there are a lot of levels that come with this, right? Like, because all of a sudden you might have an idea and you might have to work with someone. Um, you know, you have to be able to work with a co-founder in a cohesive way. You have to be able to work together. Y you know, there there's a lot that could come from this you know, all of a sudden you're one person and now being two people. But in my situation, for example, I had wished that I had found a co-founder that had financial and operation experience. Whereas like I was the marketing sales um, creative person for Bump Club and I was never good at finance. I, I was never good at that. And it actually took me a long time to outsource my bookkeeping. And when I did that, and I'm going to kind of get into outsourcing in a minute. And when I did that, that was really when my company took off. But in hindsight, and I had this thought so many times throughout my journey, maybe I should have had a co-founder from the start. Maybe I should have, um, you know, hired someone who could have been, you know, the controller or the COO and, you know, been that in that, in this joint with me. So I think that depending on what it is that you're looking to start, that is always an option, especially if you have a really distinct skill set and you're unsure about, other principles as it pertains to business. So the next thing is the total opposite direction, right? The next, you're going to laugh when I'm like, find a co-founder and I'm like, find an intern or a student. Um, you know, I, I think that we underestimate the generations that come after us. I think that we also have a duty to help lift up the generations that come after us. I was someone who did internships all throughout college and really built up my resume. And I know a lot of you did too. Um, a lot of you are kind of in that same generation and internships are different now than they were when we were in college. But you really can get a lot of mileage out of an intern or out of a student. Um, someone who really wants to learn, who really wants to get their hands dirty, someone who you can build that trust with. Now, 
it's important too that you recognize when you have an intern, you have to put work into it. The more you put into it, the more you get out of it. So, you know, I that's something really to consider if you don't have time. But I do think that putting in the time and really, you know, doing that work up front, you can eventually morph an employee into exactly what you want them to be. And you can morph them to work exactly how you want them to work. And it really goes the distance. And so I'm going to share an, an example from Bump Club was my very first employee at Bump Club. Um, she was not an intern, but she was a recent graduate student. And she was looking for a job. She came to me and she said, you know, I have no experience. Um, I went to grad school and I went to camp every summer. And she said, I will really do anything to get experience. She was an incredibly hard worker. And in the beginning, I paid her hourly. Um, I had just had a baby. I needed someone who could really like run the errands for the company. But what ended up happening is the more she took on, the more ingrained in the business she became. And eventually, even though I knew she was looking for a full-time employee or a full-time job, she turned to me at an event and she said, I want to work for you. She said, that's who I want to work for. So I really busted my butt to bring in enough revenue. And actually, I paid her first, which is something that I think a lot of um, entrepreneurs don't necessarily understand until you're like in it, that you will sometimes pay other people before you pay yourself. And that is how you grow your business. But I paid this person first. She became a full-time employee and she was with me for like six or seven years and she was incredible. So, you know, and it all started by, you know, an hourly, she was doing hourly tasks for me. And so, and actually I just saw, um, who was it who posted? Jessica Zweig posted yesterday, if you guys follow her, about her first employee at her new agency was very similar. It was like an hourly, she was an assistant, and now she's like one of the heads of their agency. So, you know, when you bring in someone at that level that is kind of on the ground up, you really can create the employee that you want to have if you're willing to put in the work, which I think that's a really important caveat to say. <clears throat> um, the next thing <clears throat> is that you need to outsource. Like you can absolutely outsource, find freelancers, find people to work on project basis. And that goes back to like my bookkeeping situation. So um, I ended up hiring a bookkeeper. It was a part-time position very early on in Bump Club, probably in year three. I should have done it in year one because I was really bad at, I'm really bad at numbers and finances. And um, yes, wait, sorry. Um, Yes, Ashby just said an employee can be a smart investment because they can help you be more productive and make more money. And that is true. Like oftentimes if you're, you might be paying them and not yourself right now, but in the long run, you're going to be increasing your bottom line, which is why it is so important. Um, so anyway, back to my bookkeeper. So I hired a bookkeeper. And when I did that, I saw immediate, like an immediate increase in my bottom line because I was not w wasting my own time dealing with my books. But as Bump Club grew and as we had multiple revenue streams and it was really out of my realm to be able to, you know, to deal with the finances of Bump Club. I was able to read them and understand them, but I really needed help to manage them. And so I also knew I didn't have the budget to hire a full-time controller. I mean, that's like a six-figure job, you know, and I didn't have that budget. But what I did have were resources. And 
what I did know and keep in mind, this was before the pandemic and before a lot of people resigned and started doing, you know, more contractual work. Even at that time, I knew that there were a lot of moms out there who had been in corporate America, who had left corporate America, but wanted to have some kind of foot left in the working world and who would do this on a part-time basis. And crazy enough, I posted in a Facebook group in my town for working moms that I was looking for a part-time controller. And I found someone and I found someone very reasonably priced. I told her my budget. We stuck within the budget. She actually was the person who helped me to sell Bump Club. And, you know, I wasn't paying someone full time and, you know, putting all this overhead into someone. She was, I was one of many of her clients. And I will tell you, there are a lot of people who will work on a project by project basis. Um, you know, now you, you have a lot of people who have left the working world and who are working as consultants or as freelancers. Um, you can find them obviously in Facebook groups. I honestly, the best place to find someone who can work for you on a freelance basis or a project basis, ask your network. You know, this goes back to what I say all the time, like send an email to everyone you know and say, hey, I'm looking for someone to help me with X, Y, and Z. Do you know someone? I guarantee you have someone in your network who either could do it or who knows someone who can do it. And if you don't, then you can start opening it up and looking on social media and whatnot. One of the great things about um, technology, I guess, and kind of the way the world has moved is there are also a lot of websites now where you can hire freelancers. So when I was starting my podcast, I knew I needed someone to help me with editing. And I went on Fiverr. It's F-I-V-E-R-R.com if you guys have never been on it. I went on Fiverr and I found an editor for very reasonable and they helped me to produce my first half dozen episodes or so. And now I have um, a small business agency called Hivecast who actually helps me with my podcast. But um, at the time it was great. And I, and then I also found someone separately who wrote me show notes on Fiverr. You can find anyone to do anything. And so I think there's a misconception um, amongst, you know, amongst business owners, again, that you need to be paying someone a full-time salary and you don't. Um, I think if you have something that you need done and you can't do it, there is absolutely someone who can out there and there is absolutely someone who can do it and would do it on a project by project basis. And that is probably worth your investment back into your company. Um, another thing that I think is really interesting that you can do, especially when you're first getting started to find help is to find someone you can trade services with. Um, you know, you obviously have an area of expertise and you have people in your network who also have areas of expertise, right? So maybe saying to someone, hey, I'll do X, Y, and Z for you if you do X, Y, and Z for me. You know, you never know. It could be something so small as setting up your email list or um, setting up your profiles on social media if that's something that's out of your realm of capacity. Or maybe someone makes you a logo and in exchange you provide them marketing services for their own business. I think there are a lot of different ways that you can trade services and be really smart about it. Um, in doing so, you also will develop a team of people that you can rely on in the event that you later on have a project that they could do or to refer. I mean, I have people that I refer to all the time for my own clients, for logo, for SEO, for graphic design and um, you know, digital, like digital ad buys and whatnot, because I don't do that. I don't specialize in that. But I have people that I have worked with over the years who do. And so now, you know, that relationship that maybe started on trade or started with a small monetary amount 
back in the day has grown into a great relationship, a professional relationship. And now I refer those people and they refer me. So, um, you know, you never know kind of who's in your network who you can trade services with. Um, be scrappy. Like when you're, a, when you're a business owner and you're just getting started, you have to be scrappy. You have to be creative. Um, another thing, another way that you can find help, and I know a lot of bigger businesses, especially businesses who are fundraising or um, really looking to scale or have had an investment made into them, um, a lot of businesses will give state equity stake into their company. So um, I have worked on projects before where I have received um, points for equity in, in return for the work that I've done. Um, this isn't for everyone. This is not for a solopreneur business. This is not for, you know, something that is not going to go, you know, to, to an investment phase or, um, you know, you, someone who does this really needs to have a plan in place for scale and be able to show the person, like, this is how I'm looking to scale. This is what I'm looking to do. And I want you along for the ride. Um, I interviewed on the podcast, Karen Sachs, and she founded a company called The Loop. It was an amazing episode. Um, if, if this is kind of in your realm, you should absolutely listen to it. You should listen to it anyway. But um, Karen talks about how in the beginning, she, you know, she reached out to her network and she had people along for the ride that were barely making any money. Um, she likely, I didn't get into it with them, but it's possible that she gave them equity. I'm not 100%. Um, and now they were funded and now she's hired them as employees. So, you know, she talks a lot about this, um, you know, finding help within your network and get it in people who trust you and whatnot um, on our podcast episode. But, you know, that's an example of a business that would potentially give equity points for in exchange for work. The one thing that I want to say is if you are in this realm, um, this was something that kind of came up a lot with Bump Club and my employees as well. But if you are in this realm, you need to hire a lawyer. You need to hire a lawyer who knows what they're doing and what they're talking about and who can draft up the contracts for you. And you also want to make sure that if this is something that you do, that it is fair. It's fair for not only you, but for the person who is being hired as well. Um, you don't want to put something in place where you know they're working their butts off for six to 12 months and then they actually don't have um, you know, equity for three, four, five years. Um, I, I don't think that's fair. I don't think that's a good, I, I don't know that I would sign an agreement like that, but I, I hope that makes sense. But um, there are a lot of people that you could talk to about this if you are in this position where you can give equity stake in exchange for employees or in exchange for the work that needs to be done for your company. And then the last place that I would look in terms of looking for help and finding help is your community. And we've talked about this so much um, here and in the Facebook group and the Dear Founder Community Facebook group and on my workshops. But your community is everything. These are people who subscribe to you. These are people who, you know, they, they are in it with you and they're talking to you and conversing with you every single day. And you can absolutely ask them to take on various projects, maybe in exchange for your product or your service, which I think is a really great and interesting way that you can pay people, um, especially to do those little jobs that take up so much of your time when you could be out growing your business, right? So <clears throat> I interviewed Jill Smokler from Scary Mommy on the podcast, and um, she and I both talked about this because we both did this. Like She had these message boards on Scary Mommy when she owned it, and she needed help managing them in order to keep them open. So she reached out to the community 
And she got a handful of people who wanted to do it and she paid them in swag. I mean, they were just moms who wanted something to do. They were very, um, you know, bought into her brand, into Scary Mommy, and they wanted to help her be like succeed. And so she paid them in swag and products from the brands that she got. Um, and in exchange, they helped her manage these message boards. And later on, she ended up hiring them as full-time employees, which, you know, that's what happened. Um, I did something similar. I needed someone helping with events here in Chicago when I was running Bump Club. And I had a group of women who were coming to all my events and they were paying to come. And so in the beginning, I said to them, hey, like, would you um, work an event? And if you do, I'll give you a free event. And so this group of women ended up, they were going to come anyway. This was like their friends. This was our community. This was, um, you know, they were coming here for for support and socialization. And, you know, my events were they were ticketed. And so in exchange for working, they got to come to the events for free. And um, it was a really great system. And then eventually I ended up paying them hourly as well because um, our events grew so much and they were working like way more than the event capacity we had. But I, I was creative. That's my whole point is that I got creative with my resources and I thought about what it was that I could give in exchange for something that I needed. And they were doing these things anyway. They were consuming my product. So why not do it for free? Why not get, you know, put in a little time and then you don't have to pay, right? Um, if you have a product, it's really easy to do this as well. Um, on the podcast, I also talked to Laura Hyman, founder of Lit Yoga Method. And Laura also shared how she gave yoga to people in exchange for help. And, um, you know, that she would give people privates if they were willing to do certain things. And oftentimes it was a gesture. It wasn't like a, a something up front. Like she talked about it just being like, if someone offered my help, I in exchange would say, hey, I'd love to give you a private yoga class. A lot of you have services. A lot of you have um, services that you can share and provide to your to people who are helping you. And that's why if you ask your community, they're already consuming your information and knowledge anyway. So it's a great place to start. Um, you know, I think like these are all like huge, great ideas, different ideas in terms of ways you can you can find help for your business and find help to grow. And, you know, I want to emphasize the fact that if you are bootstrapping and, you know, you don't have a budget, I don't want you to think that you can't do it or that no one will work for you. There are ways. And I just shared so many stories, real stories of, of founders who have done it, of, you know, my own stories um, to help grow. And, you know, often a lot of it comes back to your trust in people, right? Or people's trust in you. Sorry. So like, you know, people trusted me when I was building Bump Club and they wanted to be a part of the community because I gave them reason to. I showed up and I engaged with them and I connected with them. And that's how I, I am in real life as well. And when it came down to me needing help, it was a lot easier to ask. You know, you have to be scrappy. That, you know, if you don't have a big budget behind you or if you don't have investors behind you, you have to be scrappy and you have to be creative. And oftentimes we as founders and you as entrepreneurs, we are running a million miles a minute, right? Like it's like nonstop. And so you don't take a minute to stop and think like, oh, how can I get that help? Or, oh, this would be a good idea. So if you do feel overwhelmed and you are feeling like you're unsure of where to look for help, sit down for a minute. You can even re-listen to this or look at the Instagram post from today and think of all the ways that you could potentially ask for help. You have to pause and put the system in place before you execute upon it. 
And when you do that, you will see it come back into your business tenfold. I, I cannot even tell you when I hired that first time, that first full-time employee at Bump Club and Beyond, oh my God, it came back to me a millionfold. And finally I was able to pay myself. Um, and it just, it, it is worth the investment. So I encourage you, if you do feel overwhelmed and you do feel underwater, to take a second and try to figure out how you can get the help that you need and to not be afraid to ask for it. The worst someone can say is no, but you have to ask first and you have to put yourself out there. So um, thanks guys for joining me um, for this live. And I will take questions. If you put them down here, I will answer them. I can also answer questions in my stories. I'm going to put a question box. Um, please feel free to ping me if you need anything. And, um, you know, there's a lot more coming your way from um, me and from this conversation. Um, I am about to, I did announce, but we are going to be doing another small business, social media for small business workshop. It's, it's a social media for small business masterclass. It is seven days. So an hour a day, it is totally free. The link is in the bio. You can register for it. There's really no excuse not to. And you will walk away with some actionable tips that tie back to your business and growing your business through social media. Um, it's one of my favorite things to talk about, one of my favorite things to teach. I love looking at your situations and seeing how we can grow upon them and giving you ideas and um, really empowering you to make those changes within your own community. So um, thank you so much for being here. Have a great rest of the day and I will see you guys soon. I hope that you found the first installment of the Founder Files helpful. Again, I'd love to know if this is a format that you want to see more of or that you want to see less of or that you don't want to see at all. Please make sure you DM me or email me and let me know. And make sure you follow at Lindsay Pinchuk and at Dear Founder on Instagram. The links are in the show notes. If you like what you're hearing here, please subscribe.